Welcome to Abiding Hope, a ministry of Hope Community Church of Waynesboro. And now, here's Larry Roberts and Pastor Glenn Holman. Well, hello to everyone who might be listening. We appreciate your being here with us and are glad you could join us for our podcast. I uh, want to welcome again our senior pastor, Glenn Holman. It's great to be with you always, Larry. Thank you so much. And also, I want to say I'm grateful for our producer, Sam King, who's with us right now. Sam does a wonderful job. Thank you, Sam, for everything. Um, We are extending our discussion of Exodus, and we're going to be talking about chapter 2, verses 11 through 25. Um, And the subject tonight is when we fail. Hope we won't fail. <laughs> I, think I, I think it happens all too often in my life. But uh, but I, I'm very thankful that God is a very patient and Amen. loving God. Uh, rather than read that entire piece, I would encourage anyone listening to uh, go and take a look at Exodus 2, 11 through 25. I'll summarize very briefly that this passage conveys a, a, what's a fascinating story to me of, of murder, fear, and, and flight in the life of Moses. It's clear he had been he had led a life of privilege under the Egyptians, but just as clear that he understood the Hebrews were his brethren. Acts seven tells us that Moses was approaching the age of forty when this killing occurred, mm-hmm. in response to witnessing one of his brethren being beaten by an Egyptian. So, Glenn, what can what can we learn from Moses' reaction to the beating of his Hebrew brother? Well, first of all, he, Larry, he was he had to be incredibly surprised that he was found out. In other words, that he had gotten caught with his hands in the cookie jar, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I think that, uh, you know, he thought he'd gotten away with something. Mm-hmm. He didn't think anybody knew. And all of a sudden, somebody knows, and, and you're the man. You're the guy that did this. Uh, we, know, we know what you've done. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the, the first part. And then second, he he wants to flee, you know, and I think that's often the case. Once we're found out, once we've been caught, we want to get away from it in whatever way we can. He wants to get away from Pharaoh, and so he goes to uh, to Midian, which is a you know kind of a site that's that's probably on this around the Sinai Peninsula, and perhaps across the the Red Sea. It was a it was basically a wasteland. And I think about the uh, contrast of having been living in the palace, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as the second in command in Egypt next only to Pharaoh. And now all of a sudden he's uh, running away and he's in this wasteland, as it were, this this place that's not very habitable Mm -hmm. and he's living there. So what an incredible contrast from the palace to to poverty, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it concerns me in this day that we live in now where so frequently we hear about rage, that people mm-hmm. are responding in, in road rage incidents or reacting angrily and, and possibly killing others uh, or certainly harming others. Right. That type of emotional reaction has, at least in my mind, has very little to do with faith. Right, yeah. I think that oftentimes we, uh, uh, it's, I, I, will, I will say this, it's, it's one thing to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to sin when we're right. angry. And the scriptures tell us that to be angry, but sin not. And so, uh, you know, it's, I think it's the one thing, the way we, we express our anger. Obviously, Moses failed at this point. Mm-hmm. His, his intentions were right because he was upset 
that another Hebrew, and he acknowledged that he, he realized, even though his name was Moses, which was, as you mentioned on a previous broadcast, was an Egyptian name, mm-hmm. that he was, he was really uh, a Hebrew, mm-hmm. and he knew that. And when he saw a Hebrew uh, brother being beaten, he rose up and killed the, mm-hmm. yeah, killed the other man. So at any rate, uh, you know, he did that out of, out of rage, out of what he thought would be a good thing, but he, he did it in the, we went about it in the wrong way. Well, and it seemed impulsive and yes. until we, we read that he first looked to see if anyone was watching mm-hmm. what he was about to do. So in, in, in that, it actually conveyed that he understood that what he was doing was, was wrong. Yes. Um, and attempted to get away with something. In Acts 7.25, um, it mentions that Moses had an understanding that God was granting him uh, to be an instrument for his people, deliverance through him. Yes. But it didn't seem that they understood this yet. The reaction of the the Hebrew the next day uh, made it clear that he, they, was, he was known. No, absolutely. This act had been, had been witnessed in some way. Right. Um, was Moses him taking matters into his own hands and not was he not trusting God to effect the change that, that needed to be happening? I would say that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I'd say that bottom line, he wasn't he wasn't um, honoring the Lord in the way in which he was approaching this situation, even though it was a bad situation with uh, someone being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And we talked in our last podcast about how challenging it can be to wait on God mm-hmm. uh, but it does it does seem to be a true act of faith to to take a step back and trust God to, to do these things in his timing in his time as opposed yeah. to our timing so how does it relate to us in this age in our culture today when we're we're so concerned with being liked and how we're being perceived by others um, and allowing those concerns to dictate our actions yeah they certainly they certainly can can't they yeah yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, especially for, at least in my humble opinion, especially for younger people mm-hmm. that are so involved in social media, the feedback that comes from that can often be withering. It, it's very difficult. Right. Uh, to have a faith in the midst of, of the kind of culture that we're living in now, I think is a particular challenge for young people. Yes. And um, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Hope Community Church is that they're there's a lot of maturity of faith in that congregation. Amen. I'm grateful for that. And not that any of us are perfect. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. True. But the, the reality is there is. And it's exciting to see mm-hmm. uh, that that's a part of our community. That's part of our body life, that there mm-hmm. is some maturity. That, And that's why I, I genuinely hope that uh, as we see more and more young people um, come to faith in Christ and grow in a relationship with him, that they'll be able to be connected with some mm-hmm. of those more mm-hmm. mature believers within the right. body. Right. Well, after Flo- uh, Moses had fled from Egypt, uh, we, you mentioned a moment ago that he came into the land of Midian. Um, it was an area east of the Gulf of Aqaba, mm-hmm. and uh, he must have crossed the Sinai Peninsula or the Red Sea to get there. Right which would have made him even more familiar with the region he would one day traverse to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He traveled this route to return to Egypt and finally to lead his people out of bondage. Do you see God's hand in Moses' failure early in his life uh, as preparation for how he would later use him to accomplish his purposes? I'd say absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. He became more and more, in a sense, open 
to God leading him as opposed to him trying to do things on his own. Of Again, as we talked about, taking matters into his own hands. And so uh, I think that, uh, that it, it was definitely preparation. You know, I think we, we learn from our, if we don't learn from our failures, we're not going to make any real progress. All of us are going to fail. All of us are going to fall down. It's how we respond to those failures that's mm-hmm. so important. I remember a story about a, a gentleman uh, that worked for the Procter & Gamble company that uh, he had uh, made a decision at the company. He was one of the executives. that lost, And this was early on. That lost the company $1 million, Ouch. which was painful. At, this was a long time ago. Nowadays, that might not seem very much to a an organization like Procter and Gamble, but at that time it was significant. And when that happened, his he thought he was going to get fired. And his boss came to him and said, "What did you learn from this?" And you know, so we need to learn from our failures when we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, is it is it really necessary for us to understand what God is doing in our lives when we're going through that? I think it's important for us to be in tune with God. To be listening to God, to as as we make mistakes, to run to Him, as I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, to run to Him. That's part of our, that fear of God that we talked about earlier. And so, as we run to Him, as we seek His face, it's then that we can really grow, even in the midst of those times when we fall down. Well, I'm very thankful. There's there's hope for um, good things coming out of our failures. I have far more failures than I do successes likewise and um, I'm very hopeful that God will continue to use those in my life because I see that in the ability to counsel others who are going through similar circumstances I mean we all struggle we all stumble in our lives but in America um, perhaps more than anywhere else in the world uh, one of the challenges we have is Mm -hmm. the deceitfulness of riches I mean is our prosperity a form of failure if we don't honor God in it I think it certainly can be. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, we can end up making uh, those things in our life idols. Uh, it's, it's something that's very easy to do. Idolatry becomes a real problem for us. And there's lots of things that we idolize in, in our culture. And so, uh, as you said, in America, I think that's the one thing I see is is lots of different forms of idolatry mm-hmm. happening. And so it's so important for us as followers of Jesus to be leaning upon, again, leaning upon him and seeking him and desiring to grow in a relationship with him. And in your view, is idolatry essentially anything that comes between us and God? Well, I think it can, yes, absolutely. It and that, can so be. that could be a, it, any number of things. Absolutely. And whether that's the you know becoming a fanatic in relation to a sports team, or uh, idolizing uh, our time off, or um, pleasure that we get in a variety of ways. I mean, we can idolize so many things. It's not just money mm-hmm. that we can idolize, but so many other things. Well, we talk about the failures of of each of us as individuals. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. But what about the failures? of the church in this society that we're living mm-hmm. in now. I mean, what do you see happening right now within, um, within the organized church in America? Well, certainly uh, so many parts of the church are 
moving away from a, an understanding of the importance of, uh, of who Jesus is. And that's what I find so sad right now in our culture today, that even uh, so-called churches are moving away from a clear understanding of biblical doctrine in relation to who Jesus is, uh, the significance of God's word uh, written, and so uh, an understanding of the authority of God's word. And I, I find that devastating in the church today. Mm. And so I think that's one of the places where the church is falling down. And, they're fall- and that's why the church in some places is losing ground mm-hmm. and is not having nearly the impact that it might have. Well, I know this can be a, somewhat of a difficult passage that we've talked about tonight. Um, but Glenn, can you offer any encouraging thoughts based on this piece of scripture that that might uh, help others out there deal with whatever they might be struggling with? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that we can take from this is that when we fall down, when we fail, and that will happen, and that will happen, God is right there. Mm. I mean, He's beckoning us to come to Him, to trust Him. And I'm so thankful that our God is a God not just of second chances or third chances or tenth chances, mm-hmm. that He is a God who forgives us when we go astray. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful for the patience that God has with people, including me. And so that's something I think that's a real encouragement for us that when we fail, that God is, is beckoning us to come. I think about the, the prodigal son, and I would suggest prodigal sons because both the older and the younger son were prodigals <laughs> in one way or another. Right. And, and it, was the, it was the father, the waiting father, that was waiting for them, longing for them, especially for the younger son to come home waiting for him, watching the horizon for him to come home. And when he sees his son, he runs to him, which would have been anathema for a Jew in that particular culture uh, to do that. And yet that's, that's what he does. And then he throws a big party. It, it, it just shows me how much God loves us, that even when we make mistakes, that he wants us to come home. Truly. Thank you, Glenn. I wonder if you might be willing to close us in a word of prayer tonight. Yes, absolutely, Larry. Lord, we are so grateful again for the privilege that we have to be in your word. We thank you for opportunities to reflect on the significance of particularly this portion of Exodus. Lord, we pray that as we've observed Moses failing of having the right kind of thing to do and yet doing it the wrong way and in the wrong time, that you came after him and used him so mightily after that as the great uh, deliverer of his people. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be reminding us that you are our deliverer uh, through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise you, we worship you, and we give thanks to you in his name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Glenn. We hope you found this message encouraging. For more information, visit HopeChurchWaynesboro.org.